Hi, I'm Talia Baronchelli, and you're watching the analysis.news. You're watching part two of my interview with Professor Imad Saleme on Lebanon, the consociational state, and sectarianism. If you'd like to help us out and contribute to the show, you can do so by going to our website, theanalysis.news, and hitting the donate button at the top right corner of the screen. Make sure you get onto our mailing list, that way you're always up to date every time there's a new episode. And like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, as well as on other podcast streaming services such as Spotify or Apple. See you in a bit with Professor Saleme. Joining me now to break down the developments ongoing in Lebanon is Professor Imad Saleme. He's an associate professor of political science and international affairs at the Lebanese American University, which is in Beirut. He's also the author of numerous books, including two books published in 2021 called The Government and Politics of Lebanon and The Communitarian Nation-State Paradox in Lebanon. So thank you so much for joining me today, Professor Saleme. Thank you, Tadia. And another question on the situation in Lebanon right now for our listeners and viewers who maybe aren't so familiar with it. Um, I mean, there was a 15-year civil war in Lebanon, which began in 1975, and the agreement which put an end to that and set up this sort of sectarian power-sharing agreement was called the Taif Agreement. And there is a sectarian system which is currently in place. And, you know, we were speaking right before the interview and speaking about how Lebanon has not yet appointed um, a president. So this means that there's no ability for the the government to be formed, essentially, and, and to continue, you know, lawmaking decisions and, and to have a functioning government. So can you just give a, um, a quick briefer as to what the current situation is in Lebanon and the sort of political stalemate and how that might play into the conflict as well? Yeah. Uh, you know, Lebanon is, like you just mentioned, a consociational system, we call it. Like, you know, the word comes from consensus, meaning that uh, the political arrangement of the country must have the agreement and the consent of all sectarian groups living in here. Uh, mostly Muslim and Christians, and among these Muslim and Christian confessional groups, there are uh, sub-confessional group or sectarian groups like Sunni and Shiite among uh, Muslims and there are like uh, Orthodox and Catholic among the Christians and they all share power in government so government is typically composed by giving each group of those a quota in power or in government whether in parliament or by the cabinet itself and also power is uh, divided upon these confessional groups when it comes to key political positions. So the president of the country must be a Christian Maronite, Catholic Maronite, while the prime minister must be a Muslim Sunni, and the speaker of the house must be a Muslim Shia. Now, uh, coming to terms of uh, electing these key individuals in the government becomes typically a matter of struggle between the different confessional groups as to bring a, 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 a political leader who everybody agree on. 
So uh, since last year, or actually uh, since 22 now, uh, we haven't had an agreement over who to elect as a president of the country. So uh, what we end up having as a consequence is a vacant uh, position, important political position in the country, uh, that is the office of the president. And without a president, Okay, you cannot, like our constitution, they mentioned the Ta'if constitution uh, that ended the 1975 to 1989 civil war between mostly Christian and Muslims in Lebanon. Uh, this uh, constitution uh, uh, suggested that without the president, the parliament cannot legislate. The parliament turns into only an electoral body to the president, so we cannot have laws. Uh, and without laws, you know, the country can you cannot run a country in any normal ways. Not only that, but also the the cabinet is considered uh, resigned once the president also has resigned or is not no longer in office. So what you have is a power vacuum here in the country that has stretched since October uh, 2022, the, the time when we end up without president. And this is a situation also we call it a stalemate because none of the confessional groups are able to and conceive any kind of sort of consensus or any kind of, uh, you know, uh, pave the way for some kind of consensus over the presidential um, elections. And therefore, we don't have a president. And <clears throat> the reason why we don't have consensus is the fact that uh, the country uh, has is divided on the question particularly of that of Hezbollah and Hezbollah's what Whether Hezbollah should be able to uh, possess weapons and act independent from the state and build up linkages with uh, Iran, who is back in the party and economically, financially, and militarily, or should Hezbollah be integrated into the Lebanese uh, political fabric, become subject to the government's decisions in terms of um, how to act militarily or otherwise. So there is a big split in the country over the question of Hezbollah, and this split is, has been on since at least 2000 when Israel pulled out from uh, the country that was occupying South Lebanon that gave pretext for Hezbollah to have arms and operate as a resistance force. Since then, since Israel pulled out in 2000, Lebanese have been divided and uh, uh, agreeing on a question of, uh, of the president is crucial to this matter because what you need is a person who can accommodate Hezbollah uh, on one hand and its opposition on the other hand, which we haven't been able to find thus far. Well, on the face of it, it seems like this power sharing agreement is equitable because it ensures that all these three groups have some sort of representation within the government so that the, the Christians, the Sunnis, and the Shiites all have political representation. But 
because of the stalemate and the different divisions and, and tensions between them, would you say that rather than serving the will of you know the people who can vote and the interests of the general civilian population, that it actually plays into the interests of certain elite instead? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, the political arrangement in the country is pretty much manipulated by the sectarian political elite, and they make major decisions on behalf of the population, and that's why Lebanon has been pretty much running into crisis as these elites are in disagreements and are able to come to consensus with one another. And, uh, most of the disagreements may be stemmed from uh, like who this person to be elected as a president or prime minister, but behind that is also a disagreement of their backers, especially like, you know, uh, if they're backed by Iran or they're being backed by the West, given uh, tensions now between Iran and the Western countries, that is being reflected directly on how these groups deal with one another, particularly the political elite of Lebanon. And this has been a cause of many paralyses in the country and perhaps for the collapse of many state institutions because these political elite are unable to agree on anything basic, not only on who is to elect as a president, but they are unable to come up with any kind of political alignments to the government, with the prime minister, who's the prime minister to be, what kind of policies to uh, uh, to uh, follow in order to uh, help Lebanon recover from its economic crisis that is living right now. So the political elites are in disagreement and behind them different states and backers. And this is definitely not in the interest of the population as a whole, which, you know, want basically to live in peace, to work with one another, to find some kind of common denominators and interests, and, you know, uh, have decent living standards for its members. So definitely now uh, one can blame the political elites and allegiance to foreign battles for the current crisis at Lebanon on all levels, whether the, the problem is economic, political, or even security-wise. We they disagreeing with one another, and people as a whole are paying price for that. Well, just a final question to dovetail with your response on the political elite. Um, you were talking about how you know a lot of these sectarian issues revolve around whether Hezbollah should be more integrated into the political system, and how there are a lot of you know discussions and and disagreements around this. So, if Hezbollah were to be more integrated, would you see a lot of the political elite, especially the ones who have financial ties or you know a lot of money um, stuffed away in a Swiss bank somewhere, would you see them? potentially leaving the country and, and seeking residence elsewhere, which would, might lead to other implosions within the political system in Lebanon? I mean, uh, it all depends on overall agreements. I mean, if we are to go into establish a new agreements to revise the constitution, perhaps, or to have a uh, different kind of power distribution among the different confessional groups, 
or to their satisfactions. For instance, our constitution calls for a bicameral house whereby, you know, the uh, Lebanese ought to elect a lower house or a parliament on non-sectarian basis to represent the national interest of the country. At the same time, to elect a Senate, an upper house, that represent the sectarian interests of the country, and thus create some kind of balance between the national interests of the Lebanese population as a whole and those of the sectarian groups, you know, being protected, especially because most sectarian groups and Lebanese minorities. So uh, this will create some kind of security for the Lebanese. I mean, this is all what our constitutions call for. But thus far, we haven't been able to implement this despite 30 years since we ended the Civil War and we came up with this uh, constitutional clause. Now, uh, if we decide to go ahead and implement this, definitely many people will benefit from this, especially the Lebanese population as a whole, because then you know, you will create a space for citizenship, uh, for a civil society or for civil state to emerge without uh, differentiating people along the religious or sectarian lines. But, you know, people would uh, perhaps, uh, uh, you know, grow in the, uh, have a mobility, political and economic based on their merit and their qualifications. Uh, definitely that will uh, also, if we have the Senate, you know, it provides some kind of security on space or a secure space politically uh, otherwise for Now, this may undermine the power of elites and that will bring in a more accountable government that will look over the actions or whether historic or contemporary of individuals who've been by acting on their own interests or the interests of their backers or pursuing uh, corrupt activities. So definitely you will see a lot of uh, these individuals with Swiss, I don't know, Swiss banks or uh, bank or accounts elsewhere fleeing uh, the country. Uh, I don't think that will necessarily lead to uh, uh, to a problem or to a new crisis in the country. On the contrary, I think that would be an entry point to uh, resolving many of the historic tensions existing in this confessional consociational system uh, by bringing in, you know, uh, or by building bridges between the different confession groups and making some kind of a national interests really vested in government state. Uh, now, whether this will bring about a solution to the question of Hezbollah or to non-state armed actors and, uh, you know, bring everybody under the leadership of the government in the state, this could be a different question because uh, Hezbollah's armed presence in Lebanon and also the Palestinian armed presence in Lebanon is linked to a wider regional uh, confrontation whereby, you know, the Israel and Lebanon continue to be in a state of war and have been uh, so many issues leading to the armament of Hezbollah that haven't been resolved. 
mainly uh, not only Israel continuous incursions into Lebanese uh, territory, but the territory, uh, or, you know, uh, undermining the country's sovereignty, but also due to the issues of Palestinian refugees' uh, presence in Lebanon, where Israel has continued to oppose that return, uh, and also to the regional-wide conflict between Israel and its wider surrounding Arab and uh, Muslim in particular. And so that has given much fuel and pretext for Hezbollah to maintain its um, military presence and, and to claim that this is the only way to establish some kind of deterrence against potential Israeli aggressions against the country. And I mean to maintain pressure on Israel to negotiate in one another the return of Palestinian refugees to their own country. So uh, we're dealing with two complex issues, so to speak. One that has to do with the domestic issues of Lebanon and ways for political reform that can lead to some kind of consensus and agreement and bringing about a state that is more accountable and transparent. Uh, transparent. And another issue that I have to deal with question of confrontations with Israel and how to bring about a just and enduring solution to the Palestinian issue and, and uh, strengthen Lebanon on ability to deter potential Israeli inventions or military action. Well, Professor Salemi, it was a pleasure speaking to you, and let's hope next time we speak there will be a ceasefire as well as a cessation in hostilities between Israel and Hezbollah and other actors in the region. So let's hope next time things will be a bit more positive. I keep my fingers crossed and hope you know, that these atrocities will end soon and people can resort back to their normal lives and some kind of peaceful and just solution can be realized to bring um, uh, the rights for, to the Palestinian people and their ability to live in an independent state. Thank you very much, Professor Salemi, and thank you for watching TheAnalysis.News. If you enjoyed this content and you'd like to help us continue making this show, you can make a contribution by going to our website, TheAnalysis.News, and hitting the Donate button at the top right corner of the screen. Thanks so much for watching.